and welcome to How to Deal When the Shit Gets Real podcast. I'm Rietta. And I'm Connie. And we're two crazy cousins because I don't have anything else for today. It's a little bit too morbid, our subject. Yeah. Well, a little. Has, it has to be talked about, though. It may be a little yes. morbid, but it's muy importante. Yes. So we're really talking about, you know kind of death and like preparing for the eventuality because let's face it we're all human yep and we'll even talk about some things before that like living wills like if you have children how important it is to have a living will and you never know if you're going to get sick or get into an accident or anything so it's important that people know what you want so we're going to talk about all that kind of stuff and we even of course did a little bit of research on the different like types because it's not just a will that you can do there's wills and there's trusts there are like those are the two major Mm -hmm. types and then i mean funerals how those go yeah you know what i i actually had like a funny story related to all this do you want to hear how dramatic like nine-year-old connie was i do (laughs) Okay, because it does directly tie into Wills, and this is absolutely hilarious. So there were tornado warnings at our house, and I would go into the basement. I would yell at, like, my mom, my brothers, my dad, like, you need to go in the basement. There's tornado warning. You have to, or else you're all going to die, right? And so Mm -hmm. Dramatic Connie was pissed off that nobody would go downstairs with her. They're like, it's fine. It'll be okay. And, I mean, I really didn't know like the difference between like the a possibility of a tornado warning versus like the actual like tornado sirens where there's a tornado in the area. I didn't know really the differences of that because I was like, what, eight or nine? Either way, mm-hmm. I stomped my little ass downstairs into the basement. I took a piece of paper and marker and I wrote my last will and testament, giving all of my Barbies to Kristen. <laughs> Man. I didn't get anything. Sorry, you were too old. You weren't going to play with my Barbies. <laughs> but but that was like really the only thing I, that I like wrote down that like that Kristen gets all of my toys. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> hilarious. I was so dramatic. Also, isn't it kind of crazy that I was mad at my family? And then I went downstairs and wrote a will. What little child is like, you know what? If you're going to all die and if I'm going to die too, then I'm going to go write my last will. (laughs) That's hilarious. And uh, it's kind of funny that you um, brought that up because that is actually technically a kind of will. It's called a holographic will. Um, So like, you know, it used to happen a lot for people in like soldiers in combat, for example, would if they thought they weren't going to die, they would write down, you know, tell my loved ones I love them. I want them to have every, like have everything. So that is actually like a legitimate thing that you did. If now, if only somebody could find it, it gives all, it bequeaths all of the Barbies to to Kristen. See all of all of the important things, really. Now, obviously, a holographic will isn't going to be, I mean, they are valid, but they're only valid in certain states. And obviously, like a a real will would be ideal one that's been, mm-hmm. it needs to be notarized. Uh, yeah. So that's always a better option. <laughs> well, and even a regular will can be contested. So like if you had, say your mom didn't 
like who you picked to raise Jackson if for some reason something happened to you and Kyle, she could go and contest it and say, no, I'm the grandmother and I deserve, I've known Jackson his whole life. I deserve to have him Mm -hmm. or whatever. She could go contest it and it just draws it out longer. I mean, and who knows what the court will decide because no matter what, a will has to go into probate, which means you have to go to probate court for a will versus a trust. So a trust doesn't, you really can't contest it. So, and you don't have to go deal with court. So you don't have to pay, like, say you have X amount of money. You don't have to pay anything to a court. It costs yeah. more. So it's, it's more like you're paying your costs up front instead of like getting a will, which is cheaper and easier, easily done. Uh, a trust takes a little bit more time and money. So I wonder, I wonder how the costs work out. I don't know. The articles that I saw didn't really state like, this is how much you pay for a trust. This is how much you pay for a will, but there's attorney fees at the end half. So I wonder if it works out like, oh, it's basically about the same. I don't know. Well, I can tell you because I have I have both a living will and a last will and testament, and I did them both myself. You can do them for free online. You can find most of the th- you can find the documentation that you need, and obviously you just change the out. wording. Yeah, you change the wording, fill it out. Um, so those you can do for free. Obviously, a trust is something that you can't do for free, so that would be one that you mm-hmm. probably have to go through a lawyer. Um, and a living trust is more about transferring ownership of your assets which is essentially the same thing, but yeah, they're just a little different. Um, I was more concerned about like a living will than anything, which is like if something major happened to me, um, my spouse, if, and you can't talk, my spouse would know what to do. And obviously you can also have what's called a a medical power of attorney. So that like, if it's not like outlined in your will, then of course your spouse can use that medical power of attorney to make the decisions for you if needed. But I, at the very least, personally wanted to have a living will and a last will and testament just in case because, you know, my husband already has a fairly dangerous job. So just in case something happened to both of us, um, Jackson wouldn't be left in limbo. He wouldn't be left in the system. Like nothing crazy would happen. Um, A trust may be a better way to look at it, and we might look into that later. But at least for something there for now, there is something that if anything happened, they would at least know what to do and there would be something to reference. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Another interesting thing about like will versus a trust is a trust is completely private. Nobody else except for you has to know about it. A will, on the other hand, that's public information. Anybody can go and look up your will. Yes. Because it has to be. And you can have a living trust also. There are living trusts. There's not just trust for after you pass. Yes. There's a lot of different Yeah, ones. there's a lot of different ones. Actually, yeah. I don't know. I feel like the main, like the really big difference, at least what this article um, outlined, was mainly like a trust is really great if you have like a lot of money and a lot of like property mm-hmm. because then you're not giving your money to lawyers. A will is also fine, but if you have a lot of money and a lot of assets that need to be divided, you could be losing a lot of that to the attorney's fees and like that's like one of the biggest points between Mm -hmm. the two yes and the cool thing about trust too is you can also set them up like 
like if I was going to leave one for Jackson and if I did something happening, meaning there was money in it, I could set it up where like he doesn't get the money until his 19th birthday, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And also a trust can be revisable. You can revise it, add in different property. Like if you accumulate property, different wealth, different cars, whatever, it can always be revised Verse and, um, unless you do an irrevocable trust, then you can't. Yes. So no. If, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if, right, you wanna, if you want to, if you want to have ones that you can make changes on, do not obviously irrevocable. It says very clearly in the name that you cannot change it. So just make sure you don't use that one. Yeah. And it's active with, uh, uh, when you sign it, a will, a regular will is not active on signing. It's active upon death, a regular will. I don't think that applies to a living will because that's- Yeah, a will and testament. A last, yeah. yeah, a last will and testament. Will and testament. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Very interesting. Learned some things on this one. But I, actually, we wanted to talk about it though because we feel like it's not talked about enough because it is kind of more of a morbid subject in a way, but it's super, super important because otherwise you're just going to leave your family scrambling to figure out things. Well, and uh, and also another reason why we thought of this and it's kind of a, it's a little funny is um, my mom was talking about it to me actually and about how she didn't know because she has a very, very old will Mm-hmm. when I think she got just got separated from my dad. I don't really know when it happened, but it had our cousin as the executor of the will. Mm-hmm. And she had, and now she has like stepkids and stuff and, and a second husband. So she's like, oh wait, yeah, I really have to do that. But she's like, I really want to do a trust and not a will. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do both guys, just so you know. And so yes, we were- we were discussing that and she was saying who she didn't know who she wanted to be her executor. And I said, the obvious person. Mm -hmm. Of course. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. Rietta. I mean, it's true. I mean, it should be me. And I'm just kidding. Yes, clearly it needs to stay with a cousin. And even Tom was was like, what, why would she do a cousin? And I was like, we were all under the age of like 16 when she got this will written, you know, she needed somebody trustworthy and she didn't trust a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So there really wasn't a lot of options as well. So it's just, um, it's just surprising to me how many people, like, I feel like, especially when you become a parent, um, a will is or will or a trust, whatever you decide to go with is something that you should absolutely have because your, your child, especially when they're underage becomes a part of that. And people need to know. Otherwise people are going to be like, no, I'll take them or I'll take them. Or maybe nobody will want to. So if you have somebody dedicated to it, then there will be no arguments or difficult decisions to be made. The only difficult decision I could see being made is if you pick somebody who didn't want responsibility of the child but i'm sure you have not done that so like i mean there is that well and we have that like we have people like okay so i have it as my parents right now because my parents are still young enough right now but then but then it is also listed on there like if for whatever reason my parents can't you know whether they're they're ill or yeah whatever it may be then then it's my sister-in-law so there's actually two plans of action like he will go to unless 
X, Y, and Z, and then he will go to sister-in-law. So there's actually two backup plans in case the first one doesn't pan out for whatever reason. So that's really good. And also, keep it updated. Yes. Like my mom did not update it. She should have. She should have when we've gotten, when we got old enough, she should have updated it. When we were all over the age of like 18, she should have updated it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same, um, like with life insurance. Um, my husband gets asked quarterly, I believe, at least yearly, if if all his paperwork is correct, whether Mm -hmm. it's just his life insurance or other things, because, um, he has, he's provided life insurance to the military. So initially when I married him, obviously it was his dad. And then once we got married, then of course it got changed to me. But even for a while he was like, Oh man, I keep needing to change that. I'm like, you should probably change that kind of important. Yeah, that would be really important. Definitely would not want to be out of the lurch for life insurance money. Kind of important. Tom makes jokes about it. He's been like, uh, this last year, he was like, yeah, you need to up your life insurance so that you can keep me, if you die, you can keep me into the custom that are in, what did he say? Oh, so that I can keep living that to which I am accustomed. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> So yeah, it was just it. it was just reiterating what Connie was saying that it's important to not only have these documents but to keep them up to date. When also both of these things can tell people what you want for like your funeral and stuff and that's kind of important too. You know? Because I mean all of our relatives have been buried or whatever, most of them not cremated except for one. Mm-hmm. And I would, I'd rather would like to be cremated. And people have like argued. I I heard that there were arguments over certain like burial spots because we basically mm-hmm. have a uh, family burial plot thing, yes. and there were arguments over like who should be where. <laughs> but yeah, um, so you know you should like talk that over so that when it comes time, there are not people arguing over who should be where, you know, cause that's, that's not fun or even yeah. what should be done. Like, I think I'd like, I mean, I don't know if this is me just being young. I'd like mine to be like a party and less like a funeral, but that's just me. Well, and no, that's a good, that's a good point. You should make sure that your loved one or somebody knows what your wishes are. Like I, I I uh I know my mom wants to be donated to science. Like she wants her body to oh. go to science and they can use it for what like the students in medical yeah. school could use it or whatever, you know, whatever they want to do that that's what she wants. She wants basically to be integrating in the ground. She wants to be put to good use. Yeah. And then you get the ashes back and then you can bury the ashes. Yeah, whenever they're done with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe they hang on to it. I don't know. But whatever, that's what she wants and honestly like for me obviously everybody's different for me. Like I'm not super attached to the body. Like as long as I have the memories and I have something of hers, like seeing the body bearing it, whatever is not like high on my priority list. I get some people need it for closure. That's just not one of the things I need. So if she wants to be donated to science, knowing that that's her want is good enough for me. 
on the uh, Winkleman side of the family, they were donated to science. And yeah, basically what happens is your body is donated and then you get like six or so months later, you get the ashes. Oh, okay. And do you want to hear this crap? Oh my God. They forgot to bury my grandma, uh, my grandpa. <laughs> so they just did it and nobody told me. They didn't tell me until like three days before, and it was in a cardboard box. My mom was like, this is absolutely, because she went with Grandma Shrank, because Grandma Shrank was Mm -hmm. friends with my grandma and grandpa Wink, Mm -hmm. and she was like, this is absolutely like horrible. Like, who does this? You couldn't even pay for them to be put in like an urn and buried? You You buried them in a cardboard box? What? We also had like a a luncheon for them. Yeah. And I mean, everybody's Um, different on what they want. Um, Oh, for sure. Some some people never want to like, just because you get the ashes doesn't mean you necessarily have to bury them, right? You know, you could keep the urn on your, on your mantle, whatever floats your boat. I know when my grandparents died on the other side, um, we didn't even have a funeral. We had nothing like there were for like five years. People were like, oh my God, your grandparents died. It wasn't in the newspaper or anything. And I'm like, yeah, I asked my aunt about that. But anyway, <laughs> they were cremated also. Um, and we spread their ashes. Well, actually, I don't know where I was. I think I must've, I think I had just married Kyle. So I must've been out in California. So I missed it, which kind of sucks. But the one thing yeah. they did do, uh, they had a cottage in Michigan. So they spread their ashes out at the lake um, in Michigan, Aww, which was really that's nice. nice. And they have that's really, really cool, cool things where you can take the ashes and like get it turned into jewelry. Like you can mm-hmm. get it turned into like a diamond. You could put, um, my girlfriend's, uh, dad died. She was going to put like a little bit into like this necklace. Like it's almost like a little vial necklace. Yeah. My mom has one for one of our aunts, um, that passed away a long time ago. My mom has a little bit of her ashes and actually a little bit of her, uh, hair because she had really thick hair. So, you know, the coroner mm-hmm. just takes it like from the back where you wouldn't even see it see it mm-hmm. there was a there was a funeral an open casket funeral and then they cremated or it was like one of those mm. types of situations so yeah but that important part that we were trying to make there is make sure you your family or your loved ones know what you want that's something you can absolutely include in your last will and testament but at the very least make sure you you know your spouse and you talk about it you know this is what i want this is why i want it and in writing is even better because yes. just talking doesn't mean that they will fulfill your wishes Absolutely. or how exactly you want it. Because I think like my mom's the kind of person who is like, it needs to be done this way, this way, and this way. This yeah. is what I want. This is the money that I want to go to- towards it. Like my mom's mm-hmm. a very specific person. Mm-hmm. So I think hers would be like, it wouldn't just be like, yeah, I want to be buried in our cemetery. You know, it would yeah. be like, very specific down to the last mm-hmm. you know, detail. So that's, you decide what kind of a uh, person you are. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I said at the very least, make sure you at least talk about it, but it is absolutely more important to get it in paperwork, signed, notarized in a trust, whatever, so that mm-hmm. there is no contesting it and your wishes will be fulfilled. Not that it really matters because you won't be here anymore, but you know, you don't want your brothers and sisters fighting about your dang body. Yes. Cause it's weird. It is weird. And our family fights about everything. And I am not looking forward to, heaven forbid, knock on wood, whenever we actually do lose grandma, I am not looking forward to that whole situation because it's going to be nasty. Oh, God. And at least, well, the only thing I have to say is at least my mom's the executor. 
because I think she is the most level-headed and will be like, no, this is what grandma wanted. We're doing this. Now shut the fuck up. Yeah. There used to be two of them, which is weird. I don't know why you would ever have two executives, but at least it's only her now. No, there's um, actually, it's not two executors. One has a power of attorney and one's the executor of the will or something like that it, it's it's another, another term but basically uncle P is the one that's backing her up on it gotcha who is also informed on everything and is like if you don't listen to mom you have to listen to at least uncle yeah it's so it technically is two but they, they have different terms and i don't remember what they are you couldn't tell me i'm sorry i i have okay. no idea all good yeah so either way make sure you have that all set up you know who your executive is that's the other thing like you write up your thing make sure you know who your executive is i mean some people have it easy like my parents only have me i'm the only child so they just write down everything goes to our daughter and then i handle it my dad and his sister handled things very well when their parents passed away there was no fighting they asked each other, like, can I have this? Can I have this? Yes, that's fine. Like, they were really good. But my dad did have a lot of work to do because they had two households. They had two houses in two different states, several vehicles. So it was a lot of work for him. So I think in that situation, because like Connie talked about, because they did have a lot of property and a lot of things, a trust would have been better. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, they could have just not known about setting up a trust. I don't think it was a trust anyway. You know, they did the whole estate and the whole estate sale and all that. And it was just, I swear my dad was working on it for over a year, like trying to get everything sold and settled and gotten rid of and everything. Yeah, that's a lot. And I mean, although our grandparents that are still, our grandparent that is still alive, it, although they have a lot of kids, it can be worse because we all, and want this and want that mm-hmm. so grandma was cute and she was telling me she was going to give me her little advent wreath in her will i was like go for uh, it grandma. it's like you're I, adorable i'm impressed that she still has that honestly <laughs> it's gone through the ringer for sure and did you know aunt barbara gave it to her i did i did not know that i just knew that that was her advent wreath you know what i mean i was just like yep that's that <laughs> Yeah, that's, I think that's one of the reasons she's held on to it for so long. It's because it was Aunt Barbara's, so. I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, you should know these things. And I actually really like, so when our grandfather passed, we had a secondary. So, you know, we had the regular, like, memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before the funeral, I can't remember if it was before or after the funeral, Brianna, maybe you'll be able to tell me which mm-hmm. one it was. We all actually got together at a bar. I think that was like the best part of like the whole dealing with everything it was like just hanging out with family in a less like uptight manner. Cause you know, we're all relaxed at a bar getting drinks and freaking tater tots, which were delicious. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so like I, and still talking about like grandpa and sports and whatever else that was the best part of it versus being all dressed up and like awkward what do you do Mm -hmm. (laughs) well and sad obviously I don't know what what do you think I don't know it's so hard yeah 
though I mean it, it just takes a little bit of the pressure off when we all got to like got together in a more casual setting you know there's yeah less- no I think I personally like the casual setting better because like you said like that wasn't the main focus anymore everybody was just kind of eating and drinking and gathering and it was just nice um and especially because at the actual funeral I had my I had my son and my son was still really little um and so he didn't really understand what was going on and then he's noisy and people are looking and it's like okay this has just become (laughs) too much yeah well I mean the whole thing was um, everything becomes overwhelming especially when you see a deceased loved one yeah absolutely um but it you know, we, we made the best of it. We always do. And I'd say just real quick to maybe be on a lighter note that mm. you should have a bucket list of things that you do want to do before you kick the bucket. Cause I ha! love that movie and it is a good movie. Oh, I cry every time I see that movie. So, I mean, obviously you don't have to start now. I mean, well, no, I shouldn't say that you should start now because you never know what could happen. So those things that you really want to do, like Connie wants to go to Paris, you should <laughs> go to Paris. I want to go all over the place. I'm really not picky. I'll, I'll take anywhere that has a, that I can afford to go. Honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I met this guy when I was working at one of the offices, and um, they, he was super sweet. Him and his wife came in together, and he was in a wheelchair. I don't know exactly what happened to him, but he literally said to me one day, he's like, this hit me out of nowhere. We weren't expecting it. We had been planning to travel once I retired, and then this happened, and now we can't travel. So he was like, travel when you can. Make it happen now, because you never know what's going to happen to you in the future. And I was like, oof, you just hit me in all the feels. <laughs> You're like, yes, I do feel that. Yes. I know. That's why I think it's absolutely hilarious that this girl I know who started having kids really young is -hmm. like, oh, me when I'm retired, like going on a cruise. And it's like a picture of like, you know, a 40-year-old enjoying a Mai Tai on a cruise. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, but you never know. That's not guaranteed. Right, exactly. Because they, they hate on us for not having kids super young. And I'm talking about like 16. I'm like, yeah, because yeah, I'm not crazy. And I want to live my life a little bit before having a kid. <laughs> Shocking, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, to each their own and you can't help what happens. But that was the main point was like, you never know what's going to happen. So try to get what you what you want to done want to do now and don't necessarily say, I'm going to wait for retirement because you don't know what's going to happen during retirement. So what's on your bucket list, Rietta? Um, like you, I want to, I want to travel. I want to, which we're going to do this summer. We have a, what we're going to do this summer is something that I've been wanting to do for a while. The road trip where we go see Zion and the Grand Tetons and Yellowstone and uh, Bryce Canyon and the Badlands. Seeing a lot of the U.S. that I haven't seen. So that's one of the big things on my list is to experience and see all these things. I'm a lot like you, a lot, a lot of travel. I want to go to Ireland. I want to go to Scotland. Yeah. I want to do a lot of traveling, which is kind of funny because I hate flying, but you know, you make sacrifices for the things that are better. Hey, I mean, at least traveling around the U.S., you don't really need to go on a plane. You're doing a road trip, which I absolutely love. Me and Tom were actually talking about it because a family member went on a two-week 
road on that two, two week road trip. They just went on a two week trip, but they stayed in one spot. And me and him were both like, yeah, no, if I have two weeks, I want to go to a couple of places. Like I yeah. don't, I think we both get pretty restless. We both want to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying like, oh, we would only stay in one place for two days or whatever, but I would at least be like, one week here, one week there, you know, something like that. Cause I'm like two weeks, one spot weird people do that. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, and I think we kind of both traveled the same way when we were kids. I did a lot of like vacationing with my parents when I was a kid and we never stayed in one spot the entire time. One time we drove around Lake Superior and made all these stops and like saw all these different towns and like, it was awesome. It's one of the best trips we ever went on. So I'm, we've never vacationed that way really where we just like went to one spot and stayed there. Like the only time I can really think that we did was when we went to see grandma and grandpa down in Florida to go to Disney, you know, and you have yep, to spend same. Se- several days at a time there because the place is so big. big. But other than that, like even when we went out to California to see one of our aunts, um, we stayed there for a little while and then we drove up the coast and went all the way up to Oregon. So like it was never, we never stayed in one spot when we traveled. Exactly. So, yeah. And I mean, like you, same thing, except for grandma's house. And you were still technically in two different parts. And like you would split your time between going to Orlando and going to see grandma. Yeah, exactly. So um, what's on good old days. your bucket list? Yeah, I know. Good old days for sure. Mm, well, Paris, but hopefully that's happening in March. I mean, who knows? Uh, literally, I will go anywhere. I constantly look for flights. I don't necessarily have like ooh, this is one place like I have to go before I die. I'm like, literally just take me anywhere. I will go wherever I want to go everywhere. I will not say no. I mean, I probably won't. I'm, I'm not really that interested in going to Russia or China. I'm Mm -hmm. not, or, or even, I mean, Japan, I could take or leave. I hear really good things about Japan though. Yeah. Um, Japan is supposed to be, um, amazing. So I've had several, obviously my husband's been there and, um, I have, I have an older friend that does a lot of traveling and she actually says Japan was one of her absolute favorite places. But like, I don't really have any, like, not like I have to go there before I die. I just am like, I would like to travel as much as I could. Actually, what I really wanted to do, which maybe I'll do when I'm, when we do retire, if we're so lucky, um, is when I was just about to get out of college, I really had this plan on taking like a month break between Mm -hmm. college and like finding a job. (laughs) It just didn't work out. I didn't have the money. Um, so I wanted to take like a 30 day, like a month long trip through Europe is what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to go backpacking. Yeah. Um, It never happened. I did not have the money because come on, you're just getting out of college. You're poor. You don't have any money. Let's face it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was the same way too. I wasn't, I didn't quite want to go backpacking, but because I was in martial arts for so long, I wanted to go to Thailand and go train with the Thai because they're some of the most badass people in, in the world. It's super cheap. Once you get to Thailand, it's super cheap to stay there. Like you can stay in like a little hut for a month for a hundred bucks. I mean, it's ridiculous, but you know, it was just, it was the same thing. It just didn't happen. So definitely want to get some traveling done. Maybe Connie and I can go on a trip together at some point. Ooh, that'd be, be awesome. fun. So, It'd be really fun to do like a family trip with both you, Kyle, Jackson, me and Tom. And whenever we have a little one. You never yeah. know. All or the just things. the adults. Just the adults and give our kids to your mom. 
which my mom would love. She oh, would yes. absolutely She'd love for that. sure love that. I know. But I'm sure your mom would like one too. They could just both be together and take care of the kids together. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. They could just trade off when it becomes too overwhelming. Like if it was too weak, <laughs> you know, it became too overwhelming. So you pass the child off to the other grandparent. The yeah. end. Exactly. Oh, I love it. Well, I'm glad that we could, uh, I think we covered all the major stuff. Obviously guys, um, there's a lot more out there. You should do your reading, you know, look up if you want to have a trust or a will, or if you want a power of attorney in general or for medical, you know, just make sure you're looking into these things and taking care of your loved ones. Cause even though it seems like it's not going to happen and more than likely it probably won't, it's never a bad wrong. thing to have. Yeah. It's never a bad thing to be prepared just in case, especially if you're a parent. Hey, and create a bucket, bucket list. You know, we lend, we ended on a lighter note note today. And uh, let us know on our Instagram what is on your bucket list. I'm, I need to think about other places I want to travel that's on my bucket list. Thank you guys for joining us and listening. Check out our Instagram, Facebook, all of the uh, social medias and catch us every Friday. <laughs>